Hey there, welcome back to Legal Mumbo Jumbo with Houston Divorce and Family Law Attorney Ashley Nicole Green. This is a 10 to 15 minute session where she will discuss frequently asked questions and or provide you with some good old information on how to navigate through those areas. So let's get started with some Legal Mumbo Jumbo. Hi guys, welcome back to season two, episode number 10 of Legal Mumbo Jumbo. My name is Ashley Nicole Green. I'm a Houston family law and divorce attorney. And today's topic is about child support, custody, and parental rights, but specifically related to how child support is calculated in the state of Texas. So as always, I like to let you guys know how this topic came about so it can kind of set the tone for today's podcast, but also just give you some context. So This topic came about because I can't tell you how many times a week, I'm not even going to say a month, literally a week, that we get people um, who call into the office and they ask about how child support is calculated, what is included, what is not included, um, you know, all of the things that they need to know about it, especially related to their family law case. So um, obviously, I cannot have the topic about child support and custody and parental rights without designating a podcast specifically to how, um, you know, child support is calculated. So yeah, that's where we are. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and jump right in. If you haven't already, grab your sheet of paper and something to write with. I'm going to give you four points today. I'm going to hit the high points because there's a lot and I could talk about this topic for hours and you'll get bored. So I'm just going to hit the high points of some things that you can should consider when you're thinking about how child support is calculated in the state of Texas. So let's go ahead and jump right in. So the first thing to note is that child support is based off of the non-custodial parent's gross income. So gross, not net. The reason why we start with the gross is because in the family code, we have a specific chart that we use, which we plug in the parent's monthly gross income, and then we take out taxes based off of that chart and get the net. And that's what's actually going to be the amount that is used for the 20% or the 25% or whatnot of your child support obligation. So just note, we start with the gross. A lot of times people say, why are we starting with the gross, Ashley? I feel like, like, you know, I have so many things that come out of my paycheck every month. Like we should start with the net. But the reality is, is that the same deductions or the same taxes that you unfortunately have on your paycheck is not going to be the same ones that are deducted based off of the family code. So just note that. The other thing is, is do not forget about any additional income that you have coming in. So if you have rental property, that's considered income and you have to include that. If you have a side job where you do, you know, things on the weekend, you have to include that. Any type of income that you have coming in is going to be calculated for the purposes of um, your child support obligation each month. So keep that in mind, whether or not you're the custodial or the non-custodial parent, um, you know, if you are trying to make sure that the other party isn't hiding things and you know that they have a side business, make sure that you're getting income information about that business. Um, the other thing to note, which is kind of still underneath number one, so don't quite go to number two yet, is that we do not look at what the custodial parent makes. And I know I can't tell you how many times people say, actually, it's not fair. Like, you know, maybe the custodial parent who has a child primarily um, is a doctor, right? And the non-custodial parent is a self-employed person and they don't make as much as the other parent. 
But the reality is, unfortunately, in the state of Texas, the court doesn't really care what the custodial parent makes. We don't even look at their income. It's not considered. We only look at the person who's paying child support and their income. The second thing to note is that if you have other children who are under the age of 18, who are your children and you have a legal obligation to them, whether they're biologically yours or you adopted them, you do have the right to ask the court to give you what's called a multifamily adjustment credit. And with the multifamily adjustment credit, um, it will take down the percentage that you would be required to pay in child support, and it will reduce it based off of the number of children that you have a legal obligation to support um, as well. So that's something to really like, you know, make a note of, remember, keep in mind. Um, because typically, like I'll give you an example. Typically, if you had one child and you had no other children outside of the child who the court is ordering child support for, you would be paying 20% of your net resources, right? But if you had another child that maybe lived in your home or maybe doesn't live in your home, it doesn't really matter. If they're your child, you have a legal obligation to support them, you would still count them. Then you would let the court know that and instead of that being a 20%, it would go down to 17.50%. And it goes down from there. So just kind of keep that in mind. Um, whether or not, again, you're the custodial or the non-custodial parent, um, if you're the person who is receiving child support and you know that that person um, that's paying it has another child, don't go in thinking you're going to still get that 20%. Um, keep in mind that they will be allowed to get that multi-family adjustment. The third thing that I want to talk about is about what is not usually... <laughs> you know, considered or included when we talk about child support calculation. And that is um, a lot of times people say, I want to include the cost of child care, or I want to include the cost of um, daycare or, you know, after school program, whatever it is. The reality is, is that you can ask for what's called um, a request for above guideline child support. So for a person to pay more than what the state requires, but the reality is you have to show, you know, that you're asking for that based off of the needs of the child. So just because you have to pay daycare or child care doesn't automatically mean that the court is going to require the other party pay half of that because they also have to look at their net resources. They have to look at what the child has been accustomed to. They have to look at the resources that you have available to you to go above guideline child support. Um, so most of the time I tell people, you're not going to be able to go in and tell the court, you know, Hey, I know he's only supposed to pay or she's only supposed to pay, um, $500 a month in child support, but my daycare costs are, you know, 1500 a month. This isn't even covered daycare. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not even saying it's fair because I'm a parent. And I know that childcare cost is very expensive. I mean, we pay close to $1,000 a month for our son. So I know it's expensive. But the reality is, is that you have to know that there's a specific area of the law that allows you to get above guidelines. And most of the time, people don't qualify for that. So don't, you know, don't disappoint yourself is what I tell people. Um, you can definitely bring it up, but it's not likely something the court's going to give a lot of weight. On the other hand, if you have a parent, um, if you're a parent rather, and you're paying child support, just know that your legal obligation, you know, will be the amount of whatever, um, 20% or 25%, depending on how many children are part of the court order. Um, and that's all the court's going to likely order you to pay. But I always encourage clients, like, 
don't do the bare minimum, right? Like it takes more than um, $500 or $1,000 a month to raise a child. Children are very expensive. Children are very needy. They grow every single minute. I can't tell you how many times I go to, you know, go get my son new shoes and new clothes because every time I look up, you know, he's growing and I'm having to go like switch out, you know, his drawers because he's outgrown everything. So try not to be the parent that does the bare minimum. At times you may only be able to do that doesn't make you less than a parent. Just know that if you have that extra, you know, give it to the other parent or at least go like buy your children things that you know they need. So I'll get off my soapbox now. The fourth thing that I want you to note is that if the parent who is paying child support is also paying for health insurance or dental and or dental insurance, they will get a slight credit on their child support amount that they're paying each month. So let's say that, you know, the cost to cover the child on their health insurance is $50 a month. Um, That doesn't mean that they get $50 off of their child support obligation each month. It just means that they will get a certain percentage off, which is typically, I mean, if it's $50, they're probably going to get like a few dollars off, let's say five. So it's not dollar for dollar, but they do get a slight credit. Now, on the other hand, If the parent who is paying child support does not have health insurance available to them and they don't have the ability to get health insurance for the child through some other means, then they will have to um, ensure that they are paying cash medical reimbursement unless the other parent says, you know what, I don't, you know, it's okay, I don't want it. And what I mean by that is, let's say that the parent who is receiving child support does cover the child on their health insurance through their job and the cost is you know, $100 a month for covering just the child. So again, not covering the child and the parent, just the child's portion, then you would have to, if you're paying child support, pay an additional $100 a month outside of just your regular child support obligation. You're going to have to pay that cash medical support as well to be able to reimburse for that. So just keep that in mind. You know, a lot of times people get kind of confused about that. They get upset about it. And I just tell them, that's the way the law is. Now there is a max out. So it's only up to 9% of your net resources. So that's something to kind of, you know, feel more comfortable about. Again, that net resource is not what's on your paycheck sub. It's on the amount that we use based off of the family code chart. But it's not like, you know, if they're paying $500 a month, and you only make $1,200 a month, you're going to be reimbursing 500. The court's not going to order that. It's only going to be 9% of that net resource amount based off of the Texas Family Code chart. So with that being said, like I mentioned, I really just gave you guys quick four um, high points about what is included when talking about child support. There's so much more. Um, There's so many other factors, really, that I just don't have a lot of time to just discuss in this podcast because it'll be extremely long. So if you have questions, you have concerns, and you want to chat with me about child support and what's included and how to calculate it and all that good stuff, I would love to have an opportunity to chat with you during a free case evaluation that we offer as part of our office Um, Um resources as couldn't talk there. So give our office a call, click on the information in the show notes to get um, our contact information. And until next time, you guys take care. Bye for now.